This is the intro song for my asshole brain. <laughs> so welcome to my asshole brain. This is episode 14. And we're going to be talking about generations. And we've invited a special guest, my daughter. So this is nepotism <laughs> in its uh-huh. finest. That is a good point. I've never gotten to bring any of my relatives on the show. Well, to be fair, I did ask you if you wanted to bring like your mom on or something when we were talking about family, and you said no. That is true. <laughs> I don't really want to object the world to my parents. So let's yeah let's let's be fair here. You were given the opportunity. It's not my fault you didn't take. You didn't it. tell me I could bring my kid with me. You can bring Dexter. Or are you talking about one of your cats? I'm talking about my cats. <laughs> you can bring one. Of- Fuck, my cats like to make appearances on the that show. Is true. Why shouldn't your cats make appearances on the show? Maybe they could throw up and one of the other dogs could eat it. You my know? cats aren't pukers. Mm, okay, well, you cut that out of your episode. I know. That was the most sinful thing you've ever done. Well, I guess maybe we'll have to do like outtakes. Maybe one day when I'm feeling lazy, I'll just go just to old go episodes. Just clip all the, the disgusting stuff out. <laughs> the disgusting stuff or things where we fuck up. This is up. what really happens. Or the things sound better. Or the things that I thought were a good idea to say and then went back and went, oh no, that could be offensive. I should take that out. Yoink. Uh, so one of the reasons that we want to look at generations with the three of us is because we actually represent three different generations. So I am Gen X. I was born in 74. And Stephanie is actually a millennial, and that's one of the things that's kind of interesting is that people seem to think that millennials are 20-somethings or even teens, and that's not entirely true. The millennials are, depending on where you look, because a lot of different sites divide it differently, but anywhere from like early 20s to like mid to late 30s because I've gotten in arguments with people at work when I've they've said things about millennials and I've been like well technically I'm a millennial yeah. and I'm like no you're not and I'm like if Yee. you look at the way they set it up yes yeah I work at a university where many of the people there are 10 years younger than me and they'll talk about kids and sometimes millennials will come up and I just want to go you're a millennial I just you're one of those shitty millennials right too. And Ava, who often gets clumped in, her age group, because she's 18, she was born in 2000, she's kind of still getting lumped in with the millennial gen, uh, stereotypes, generational stereotypes, even though you're technically Gen Z, or what they're also calling um, centennials. Which I hadn't heard before, and that makes it sound like old people. Yeah. I don't know why that sounds like octogenarian. Yeah. We also get called post-millennials, which is stupid. Because then you're not being defined by your own, you're being defined yeah. on the fact that you come after millennials. And then I just get picked on even more by old people. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be looking mainly, I mean, obviously there's a lot of generations, uh, but I look mainly at four. So 46 to 64, according to the website I looked at, and they said that the reason that there's variations in other sites is because they don't do their research. So this person was kind of, the, the this site was obviously claiming to be more of an authority and, and kind of... We define people better. Right, implying that the, the reason other people have different dates is because they're wrong. So they defined it as 46 to 64 is the baby boomer. So that's actually my parents. That's my parents as well. Right. And 65 to 76, it's only like 10 years, which is weird, is Gen X. So that's my generation. 77 to 95 is Gen Y. So again, 70, that's you. And then 96 to, to be determined is Gen Z, which is Ava. So we've got three of those in the room right now. So like the baby boomers and the Gen Ys are like almost, are like a 20 year, like 18 years. And then 
Gen X is, is only, only like 10. A, yeah, yeah, which is weird to me. It is, and I don't understand that, but it's kind of funny because in all of my research, it was really hard to find stuff about Gen X anymore, and one of the things it was called is the forgotten generation, or, or the middle child generation, because we're sandwiched between boomers and, and millennials. That's kind of depressing. <laughs> and, and there was actually something on the news, some channel had listed out like the different generations and the age ranges and what they were called. And they had completely left off Gen X altogether. And so a bunch of Gen Xers were responding to this like, well, that pretty much just sums it up. But honestly, for me, like at least we're not getting blamed for anything. So as long as we're being overlooked, we don't have people bitching about us. I kind of feel like that, that like decade range like was kind of calm in some ways. Like, like the forty six to like the baby boomer generation was yeah yeah like it just seems like like maybe it was a smaller area because I don't know less exciting things that's why it's for, that's why it's forgotten because so you guys are just boring there you go well what, you didn't do anything fun no we were just too busy being latch kids and coming being the first generation to be born into divorced homes and dysfunctional families. That is kind of that was us, right? (laughs) That's fine. We're fine. (laughs) Their parents forgot about them. We should too. It's but it's fine. It's okay. But what's funny about this too is that a lot of people complain. Okay, so there seems to be kind of a war between boomers and millennials. Like you've got the baby boomers, like are now sort of the old generation, and they're griping about kids these days, right? And complaining about millennials being entitled and the the participation trophy generation. But the thing is. By and large, they're the generation that raised them, yeah, or at least you kind most of encourage that, right? So obviously, people of Gen X have have raised some of the millennials, depending on, you know, when they had kids, right? But um, a lot of them are boomers, so if they're really not happy with how the generation has come out, they kind of only have themselves to blame. Like millennials didn't invent participation trophies the people who raised them did and i always kind of take offense like the with the participation trophy thing specifically because that was not a thing for me at any point like there were none of that yeah like hey thanks for like except for field day and like you know elementary school and that doesn't count but even elementary school but even when you guys would come home if you got if you got awards for stuff it was because you placed it wasn't because you just went to field day like anytime you came home with ribbons it was because you came in a certain position wasn't like fifth place or i think they would award all the way up to fifth and obviously for like first to fifth maybe only up to third but if you didn't i don't think you got any kind of yeah like i don't remember ever getting a trophy for like you know hey Good job showing up. Right. Thanks for existing. You know, I don't even remember having field day. I don't even think my grade had them. Oh, you had them. We did? Oh, absolutely. Somebody mentioned their kids having field day the other day, and I was like, that's still a thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that I did the TriStar thing, Mm -hmm. and I never got participation awards. I got, if I placed, I I got trophies if I placed. Mm -hmm. You never got anything for just participation. Right, and even so, maybe a T-shirt. Like you might have gotten a certificate of participation, but we're talking about like a printed off piece of paper that said that you you actually you participated in the sport. Thank you for joining in. Right, signed by your principal or or whoever. Yeah, like yeah, okay, so you were good for being a a, a team member. But even yeah, it was like stuff like good sportsmanship, right, certificate. But but it was really just like it was an acknowledgement that you were a part of the team. You still had to perform well. 
in order to get any real awards above and beyond that. So people are still fully aware of the fact that they didn't do well (laughs) or they didn't do as well as someone else or they did better. There's still, uh, there are still acknowledgements and accommodations for people who do better than others. and A merit-based system. Right. So it's not as though everybody's getting treated equally and and, and praised equally just for merely existing. That is a a huge misbelief, I think, about millennials and kids in general. Um, So I I was looking at, let let me get into the stereotypes real quick and then we can dive more into these and whether or not we think they're true. Um, And at the heart of this, honestly, is kind of ageism. It's this, uh, which is a system of stereotypes, policies, norms, and behaviors that discriminate against, restrict, and dehumanize people because of their age. And this seems to be kind of a national pastime. We've talked before when we were talking about aging that, like, older generations, old people are, like, the one group of people that everyone thinks it's okay to make fun of. But it's also... They're going to die soon. Right. They won't remember we were making fun of them anyway. Right. But it's also really popular to pick on the younger generations right. and complain about what is the world coming to, yeah. which, in my research, is something that has been going on since literally the beginning of time. I mean, I've always said, I'm like, that's, you know, older people being annoyed by younger people doesn't strike me as anything new. It's like, not. It's natural to assume that things, especially with... As time goes on, things change. Right. And that's really what's at the heart of this. So when I was looking this up, they were saying ancient Greeks complained about children becoming tyrants and disobeying their parents. Even like in an ancient Japanese document, like uh, uh, writings from like 1164 AD, (laughs) complaining about the youth, right? (laughs) And at the heart of this, it's because... People, the older generations are troubled by the change that they're seeing, and young people represent change. And so people are afraid of change, and people are afraid of becoming irrelevant. And so what that does is it also, when they see these new people creating new trends or doing things differently, they recognize their own mortality, and they also recognize that they may no longer have a place in that world, and that's really scary. Because, like, you know, like when people joke about older people not understanding technology, well, that's kind of part of it. Like the idea that, well, this whole technological world is passing me by I'm no longer going to be able to contribute and have value right so that's what's really at the heart of this is is with most people being upset about things is fear so um let's let's look at the good and the bad and it was always harder for all of these to find bad stereotypes than it was to find good because we seem to focus on those more and it was hard to find any stereotypes about Gen Xers. <laughs> because nobody cares. So I kind of had to pull from my own experience. <laughs> and what people said about us when we were t- teenagers. So I really had to stretch far back. Like 30 years to remember <laughs> what people complained about when I was a teenager. Um, so as far as baby boomers go, um, the good stereotypes are that they are very hardworking, they're idealistic. Um, let's face it, they were largely responsible for the civil rights movement. And even though they're kind of being blamed for current environmental issues, if you look at when they started implementing things, when the EPA did, it wasn't the same. When the EPA started, yeah. So they there was some movement at the time to really start protecting air, water, to limit the amount of toxins that companies could put it put out. Now, unfortunately, our current EPA is not even allowed to mention the phrase climate change and is rolling back a lot of those policies. I mean, that makes sense because so, environmental really doesn't have anything to do with climate. 
Right. No, no they're totally not related, related at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the bad are that one, actually. A lot of people kind of blame them for current environmental issues. Um, they're viewed as part of being the mean generation. So, like, if you look at the 80s in particular, the people who were all peace-loving and great and kind of let's let's love everyone and everyone's equal and this is wonderful, the ones who were behind the civil rights movement kind of started getting sort of selfish in the right. 80s. How do we make money and how do we stump on right. the people below us to get more? Now that we realize that being cool and loving everybody is not a way to make money, right. <laughs> let's, let's take a different tactic here. Peace and love is not lucrative. No, not really. So um, that's the... And the other is that they're technically... I mentioned technologically challenge but that they're also not on social media but that's actually not true at all a lot of people in that age range are on social media uh in fact i think they make up a good portion of facebook oh yeah yeah i would say yeah <laughs> yep uh so gen xers the good um again kind of hard to find they were uh entrepreneurial rebellious independent because like i mentioned before we were the latchkey kids we had the divorced parents, so, you know, we had to take care of ourselves where our parents were at work. The bad, um, at the time, I remember people talking about how we were cynical, disaffected, pessimistic. I mean, we were the generation of grunge music. Wasn't that like reality bites? Wasn't that yeah. like to be the Gen Xers yep. and stuff like that? Because yep. that's always, that's the first thing that pops in my head when somebody says Gen X is yeah. reality bites. Troy, that yeah. douchebag Troy that is, is, and that's actually in the research that was the movie that they referenced. Yeah. That is kind of the quintessential Gen X movie and, and the way that the people felt and behaved kind of summarized the generation. Right. Um, but I also think that that's just people of that age in any generation. I mean, yeah, you're supposed to be kind of disaffected, disaffected right. disgusted with the world. Yeah, not loving that you're supposed to grow up and yeah. do your own thing, and but not loving any of the options that you have available. Uh, again, kind of the forgotten middle child sandwich between boomers and millennials. Um, so... That's not great. <laughs> the millennials, good is that they're diverse. They're the most educated generation, and they're very tech-savvy and innovative. The bad, of course, is what we always hear, and that is that they're entitled. They're lazy, attention-seeking. Um, they've sometimes been called the look-at-me generation. We already talked about the whole uh, participation trophies. And, of course, they're also blamed for killing a variety of trends or industries, like the diamond industries, because they don't believe in engagement rings, which I fully support. It's I've bullshit. seen whole lists <laughs> of the things that millennials have killed. Napkins, apparently. Like, disposable napkins was on a list. Oh, I saw top sheets, like the straight sheets for Yeah, your flat sheets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, the list has been impressive. Like, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I didn't realize that those things were going away. But. Yeah. Um, and then Gen Z, which again is Ava's generation. And the good is that they value individuality. They're very good at the side hustle, which means that they found ways to kind of make money on the side. like Selling feet pics. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Ava said she was going to do that. I was like, you know, Ava, you can make really good money selling your eggs, too. <laughs> okay, well, feet are much easier. One of the girls at work was looking up how to sell eggs the other day because she was very angry that apparently she's past the uh, the age range. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, once you're 32, nobody will buy them. No, no, they don't want them anymore because they're old. Yeah, decrepit. Yeah. They're also very social justice-oriented and challenging gender norms. So you're seeing a lot of um, traditional definitions of things are sort of being erased or redefined in this generation. The bad is that they have very short attention spans, even shorter than millennials. Like, eight seconds, I think. I have the the attention span of a goldfish, and so do a lot of my friends. (laughs) So I think it was, I think millennials, I saw something that said maybe 12, and you guys are down to eight seconds. Yeah, I I can attest to that. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, then there's also the narcissistic thing, which would explain why a lot of people kind of live their lives on social media. But that's not just the I know people my say, age. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> that's not totally. I ha- that generation. No, yeah. I have a friend who I tease him. I'm like, well, if it's not on social media, then it didn't really happen. Like that's where he lives his right. life. So again, that's not picture. Pixar didn't happen. Like that's, yeah, yeah. Um, impatient and addicted to their phones. But to be honest, I think we're all kind of addicted to our phones. So I don't know how any of those. And I would argue I'm one of the most impatient people you will meet. So that's... yeah. So I've just, oh, I'm incredibly impatient. Yeah. And that, so a lot of these are things that one, I think can just be attributed to youth. Right. So a lot of these things that are stages that all of us go through. And um, so I don't think it's necessarily fair to look at what young people are doing and decide yeah. that it means that we're all doomed because they might be self-absorbed, which everyone is at that I mean, age. Also, or, I mean, that's sort of a point of being you're trying a to, human. Yeah, you're trying to find... I mean, self-esteem is not great when you're around my age, so you're kind of trying to find everything that, to, like, bolster that. And you're also not at the point yet where you can... As you get older, you tend to be less concerned. Not everybody. Speaking from my experience, I care less about what other people think. When I was your age, I was more concerned with, like, trying to look how I thought my group looked, right? Like, so whatever group I identified with, like, alternative or whatever you wanted to call it because I wasn't quite punk and I wasn't necessarily grunge because that actually came when I was a little older so it was more like the alternative like a super into Depeche Mode and Cure and shit like that so I wore a lot of black but I wasn't like punk rock you know I didn't wear dog collars or any of that kind of stuff Um, I wanted (laughs) I I, I, I wanted combat boots but my mom wouldn't buy them for me so my point is that a lot of what I wore was while it was stuff I liked, it was also kind of what I viewed as the uniform of that type of person. And so I might have even at that time rejected certain things. If, if Even if I kind of liked it, if I thought, oh, that, that might be too preppy or it might be do this, I would think twice before wearing it. A lot of times if I really liked it, I didn't give a shit. I'd just go ahead and wear it anyway. But I still kind of felt like I had to look a certain way so that I could broadcast the type of person I was. Right. Like, I wanted people to know what group I was a part of. Yeah, because you could tell immediately based upon... Right. Like, I specifically remember at one point I bought a pair of Fila sneakers, and that was all of, like, the preppy kids mm-hmm. and, like, the kids that were into, like, sports and hip-hop. They yeah. wore them, and everybody lost their mind that one of the skater kids was wearing a pair of them. Yeah. And I remember, like, I never wore them. Really? Yeah, because everybody gave me shit about it, and I was like, oh, I can't wear this. It doesn't go with my... So it do doesn't you... go with my area. Yeah. I don't think that things are as cliquish now, though. No. I hope not. Do you feel like groups are... Like, everybody just kind of blends and just wears what they want to wear, and they don't feel like they have to look a certain way to fit into a certain clique? Um, I know that... I don't really think people do that much anymore. Like, obviously, you have cliques still, like, kind of. But they, they people in those cliques will hang out with whoever they want. Mm-hmm. And they'll kind of wear whatever they want. I know in my case, um, I wear what I like. And I don't care if it looks like what my friends wear. I don't care if it looks like what I'm supposed to be, you know, associated with. Which is, I guess... I mean, I don't even know what part of, what group I'm part of. Because, right. like, those lines are so blurred now. You just don't know... I just think that a lot of people don't exactly know, they just don't have that set definition of what clique they're in or, like, what group they should be in. So, 
people just kind of wear what they want to wear, and then you just see, I, at least I just kind of view them as people. Like, do, do you, I don't associate them with something, I mean, obviously you have the band kids who wear band stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't ever, like, associate them with, like, oh, you're one of those weird band kids, I'm not going to talk to you, right. or, like, you're... Oh, you are friends with band kids, or, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think those lines are just really blurred now, that people just kind of don't care what group you're from, or, like, what you do. They just, if you're a person that is cool, and, you know, cool to talk to and stuff, then... Do you still have, like, the popular kids, though, from, like, the stereotypes that we grew up with, like, where it was usually, like, jocks and cheerleaders, and they were, like, the real, the usually attractive and athletic, and also usually kind of assholes <laughs> well yeah you still have some of those people but like I don't know I actually kind of am friends with some of those people and I was actually considered kind of one of those people I think a little bit for a little while so yeah you, you played still... soccer for a while so you were sort yeah. of a jock kind yeah. of but you also have been in orchestra since yeah and I have like friends grade. tons of friends from like a bunch of different like groups or just a bunch of different people because you also like art yeah i'm like the weird art kid who played soccer and you know plays an orchestra who's in calculus so i like i don't know if because i don't did you you didn't go to fairmont right no no i yeah Yeah, because i went to fairmont and i feel like and i don't know because obviously that's where i went i didn't go to other schools but there was such a big like we had like the band kids and the show choir kids which you know like always to me like your first thought would be like geeks dorks like mm-hmm. they go to marching band practice mm-hmm. and they do stage production those are some of the most popular kids mm-hmm. and a lot mm-hmm. of them also played sports and a lot a lot of them were also like the top academics so mm-hmm. i feel like even when i was there like there were a lot of kind of blurred lines between and i mean yeah there were the kids that were straight jocks weren't that bright were popular as hell mm-hmm. but then there were other kids it was like literally they did everything and everyone knew who they were and i mean we had a big class so it was like it wasn't like 30 people knew who they were it was like you know hundreds of kids knew who this person was because right. they were in every you know pocket of you know or group of people they could be i think that there are always going to be people who are kind of walking cliches but okay. i think that movies Obviously, they have to make it more black and white, you know. Like yeah, they can't. Doesn't, drama doesn't work right. if it's. It's not fun to portray a high school where everybody gets along, right? Yeah. They need to have tension and conflict. So when you look at the movies that we grew up with, the way they portrayed high school had very distinct cliques. Everybody had their own little area that they belonged to. You didn't. Breakfast Club. Yeah, you did, yeah. but but that was a prime example though yeah. of Fast Times at Ridgemont High, like yeah. you had the stoners, right? Like you know, yeah. And you didn't mix. One of my favorite movies from the eighties is um, the fact that I can't think of it immediately. Better Off Dead. It's my favorite movie. I don't remember that what movie it's called. Is so good. I love that movie. Better Off Dead. And one of the things that happens in there is that the girl breaks up with him for a guy who's more popular and a better athlete. Although, I don't think he's more attractive at all. And no. he looks like he's 40. And he has the weirdest hair. Like, it looks like a... Like the, like, kind of... Strange like, wig. Yeah, like the little, like, disp, like... Yes! It's very... Built-in, yeah. permanent wave. Yeah. And it's... So, I don't know that he was well-casted in terms of how he looks. He did... He played the part... Great, because yeah, he was a dick. Asshole, yeah. But it was, again, one of those examples, like, yeah, I like you, but 
he's a better skier and he's really popular and he's good looking and so he's the one that I'm gonna gonna go for so it kind of played into that stereotype of you know losing the girl to the good-looking guy and that's yeah. you have to be popular if that's what you if you want to get the girls there's some movie that I was watching Netflix today and there's some movie I think it's called the perfect date that they were advertising and it starts off with this guy going I always wanted to date the most popular girl and I'm like why yeah. Why? Like, is it? Like, we, that's not personality. <laughs> no, no, that's that's a, like that's a societal stature. Is that yeah. the right way to say? It? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it sounded good. It was big words. But what if she's popular because she's like popularity? It basically means that you're well known, and I. They imply it means you're well liked, but honestly, those people were never particularly well liked. At least if you look at the movies again. Yeah. The people who were always at the top tier were also usually really nasty and terrible. Yeah. I didn't find that in my school. Some of them were assholes, but some of them were really nice. Yeah, again, I always thought it was a mix. Now, there are people that I never thought were at all problematic that I've seen people, like, I remember years ago, somebody was trying to plan, like, a a reunion, and somebody got real shitty on, like, a Facebook group and was like, isn't the president of the class supposed to be doing this? And then they said something super shitty about the girl who was the president of the class, which I was like, I don't even remember who it was. Yeah. But I was like, I don't remember her being anything but nice. Yeah. She was like kind of disgustingly so. And I'm like, what, like what perceived slight do you remember from this person? Or was this person actually a dick? And I just had no idea. Well, that seems to be expected though. of People want who get, which is why I think it's weird that we call them popular because again, popular implies that they're liked, but if you're really an asshole, then I mean, you may be the prettiest girl in school, yeah. but if you're an asshole, then yeah. I don't consider that popular. I say, I don't, yeah, I don't know that popular necessarily has anything to do with personality and isn't just status. I think that the whole, like, dating the popular kid is not really a thing much, at least not at, like, my school. I, I know that, like, even the popular kids, like, you they you don't mess with them. Like, dating-wise, like, you kind of just, like, leave them alone. They're going to like who they're going to like. And stuff like that. There's really nobody like pining after the most popular people anymore. It's yeah. not considered like a big conquest, too. No. And if and it and the other thing was that was a common theme in those movies in the eighties, especially, was that you could then get popular by being with the popular right. person. Yeah. Like you could raise your own status by being with this person. Or like the popular people would make over the unpopular person. Oh yes, by taking off their glasses yeah. <laughs> and putting them in what a dress and splitting their <laughs> hair very right. <Right>. slowly. <laughs> it looked exactly the same. <laughs> so ridiculous. It's like Superman and Clark Kent: glasses, no glasses, yeah, different person, right? Yeah. And as someone who wears glasses, I'm kind of insulted that it that I am somehow considered uglier when I have them on. To be fair, Dexter thinks I'm a different person when I wear any kind of glasses. If I take off my regular, like my seeing glasses, my sunglasses, he takes them off and he goes, "Now you're Baba." But if he puts them back on, he goes, now you're Stephanie. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he's six, so his opinion <laughs> doesn't matter. But. I don't know. Maybe he has some insight into how your personality It's a little unsettling, frankly. <laughs> I remember when my mom would put makeup on that she always looked angrier. <laughs> Maybe that's because she would have to put on to work, work with work. And so when she'd get home, she'd be tired and kind of grouchy, which. As an adult now, I understand, like, I need usually, like, ten minutes of quiet time <laughs> so that I can gather myself. 
But I just remember her always seeming angry when she had her makeup on. And I think it was because it was usually she wore it when she was at work and tired. But I think it was also because um, it accentuates your expressions. Yeah. And so I was just hoping you were going to say that she did like really exaggerated angry eyebrows. <laughs> so she just looked like she was scared. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was it. Like they were always like pointed downward. That's and... how she should have tattooed them on. Just like always like the crooked, like almost like lightning bolts right. pointing downwards, constant <laughs> angry. Yeah, that's what I would have done. I would have done like crazy eyebrows, probably like bright pink, like looking really angry, and then it's got like a cat at the tip. I don't, know. don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, in case you're not kidding, just don't do that. I feel, I feel I mean, like I should throw that out there. Well, when you're older, though, you can do the. You yeah, I'm not I do occasionally I see people that are in like probably their fifties, a couple of times like in their sixties and they've got like really bright colored hair mm-hmm. or like something else, and my first thought is, Oh my god, you're too old for that and then I immediately go, Dude, that's gonna be you at that age. Be nice. Because <laughs> I'll see somebody with like bright pink hair and I'm like, This is what I'm gonna do. Like I'm like I'm being an asshole. So what you're saying is that um, my pink hair is, it has a time limit. Like, I, there's a point that's, at which I need to stop wearing it. I'm I'll not look. saying that, but that's always, <laughs> like, that's always my first thought when I see someone who is very obviously, like, old yeah. at the store. And I'm like, you shouldn't be dressed like that. Like, you should be, you should look like an adult. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? I don't dress like what I used to think an adult dressed like. There's a phrase for that, and I said it once in front of Steve, and he hadn't heard it before, but it's called mutton dressed as lamb. It's a <laughs> phrase that you use for someone who's much older who's trying to look like they're much younger. Oh, my gosh. There was a guy lamb. I like that. who walked into Fairmont yesterday with, like, gay pride stuff, like, in, like, rainbows all over him. Like, colorful to, like, from head to toe, and then he had brightly colored hair, and he was, like, 80, <laughs> so, I don't know, he, although I thought it was actually pretty cool, so I didn't think it was weird, but, yeah. So, yeah, like, you wouldn't think it weird, probably, like, a lot of, like, your friend's parents, or, like, yeah. kids who would have seen it would have been, like, dear God. Although it seems like the older you get, there does reach a point where it all, all rules it does no, no longer apply, like, yeah, like you can do whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, it's like you hit a point where it's like, okay, you have to be an adult, you have to be responsible, right. and then yeah, you like skip another like 15, 20 years, and it's like, yeah, you're old as fuck, you've been here for a really long time, you can do whatever you want. You've earned the right, right, right. to dress up. And there are times even I'll put stuff on, or I'll like, I will wonder at 45, am I too old for this? And I'm like, I just don't give a shit, like if I like it and it's comfortable. Right. I mean, I dress appropriate for the situation. I, I like to think I might, but I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> I also have no sense of fashion. So. Well, I mean, appro- when I say appropriate, I mean, like, if it's a situation where I'm supposed to be dressed up, I dress up. If it's a situation where it, you're supposed to be a little bit more um, conservatively dressed, I will do that. You know, like, I'm not going to have my boobs hanging out at, like, a funeral or... When I got to work, when I'm teaching, I'm, I'm really <laughs> bad about that one, and I don't even have, a, like, there's actually a thing in our dress code about not having, like, excessive cleavage, and I'm like, I like to think I violate that part of the dress code on a weekly basis. There's least. a point at which, <laughs> like, and I really don't have a problem with it, and I'm like, and here's the thing, who's going to say something? Because then I get to pull the card and be like, where are you looking? Where are you looking? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, the thing is, I, I, I think that there are times when... I mean, I teach 18, 19, 20-year-olds. Yeah. Right. And I'm trying to keep their focus on what I'm talking about. And I feel like if I were to walk in with something really low-cut, that that would be distracting. Oh, so you're saying that they can't focus and that they're only after 
I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I need to cover my shoulders and my ankles. Yeah. No. But I... Is I, that still a thing? Is the spaghetti strap <laughs> I was about still to say issue? that. I was about to say that. Our dress code got fixed this year. Yeah, so you can show your shoulders. <gasps> oh, my God. Which is crazy because you could not as a female. Oh, that was such a huge... Like, the spaghetti strap thing and the shorts. Yeah. Oh they still God. have to be finger-to-blank, though, they right? They just have to you? cover your naughty bits. That's oh, it. Okay. They could be ab- above your fingertips as long as it's covering your butt and your front side, and yeah. you, you don't show like an excessive amount of your bra. They don't really care. That is amazing. Cause so you, have you still have to cover your labia thing. and your nipples. That's fair. <laughs> and ass. <laughs> I mean, that is a lot of fashion. Like, what about like midriffs? Do you have to cover your stomach? You can. Uh, I know that it should cover. Like, you, they don't want your belly button covered. Yeah, I mean, like, you can have a bit of a midriff, but it, your whole stomach can't be out. And then it's kind of like your chest. You can show some chest, but your entire, like, you can't have everything out. Yeah. Like, you have to have something. Because you can have, like, one of the off-shoulder tops that just goes right across. Yeah. And that's fine. As long as you're not, like, showing a bra or that's anything. Because, yeah, that, oh, that was such a no, like. Farrell was so bad about it. Kettering yeah. in general was just so yeah. bad. The spaghetti strap thing was insane. It was and dumb. Like, I never wore, because I didn't wear tank tops or mm-hmm. anything like that, really, because I just didn't. But, yeah, I mean, they made such a huge deal. And I remember the short thing, too, because one of the guys wore a pair of, like, those old, like, 70s running shorts. Yeah. And, I mean, if he had sneezed. A ball would have popped out. Yeah, like, <laughs> we would have been looking at some massive genitalia well i don't know if it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never mind that part that's not how i meant toward that but i mean it was one of these no one said a word to him yeah and I mean, that's i think and that's it was always sag their pants too and i think that's really at the heart of that is the, the, what's frustrating about the school policies is the dress codes is that they're they're not fair like they're very clearly geared toward girls have to cover themselves up because boys can't concentrate i've seen a whole guy's a guy's whole butt like, covered by his boxers. Like, it, his jeans were below his butt. Yeah. yeah. It was, and nobody said anything. I'm gonna say, yeah, I saw a lot of guys' butts in yeah. high school because of their clothing. And not. they have to walk, like, with their legs all spread apart so their pants are yeah. all down. I'm always I'm worried like, why that are they're just walking control. like that. It's like, oh, because you can't walk normal. <laughs> Well, we had a student at, at my school. We've had a couple before, some girls that have been well-endowed that will wear very little things. And for me, it's just an issue of I'm kind of nervous that at one point something's going to pop out. And so it's like it's that kind of game like is today the day where a boob's going to fall out. And Free so the titty. I, <laughs> uh, for me, like I, I don't care. Like I'm not, I don't think it's vulgar. Like I'm not offended by it. My whole thing is it makes me a little nervous because I'm like, if she leans over a little bit more, that titty's going to fall out on their <laughs> computer. And well, and then you feel weird being like, hey, like, is it inappropriate for yeah. me to say, I can see your nipple? It, it, does that, it or, it, am, like, am I going to get in trouble yeah. because that's considered inappropriate? Or right. is it, am I doing her a favor by right. like, saying you're... It's like the lettuce in the teeth. Like, should I say something? Right. Or, like, yeah. Her boob fell out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I do. Yeah. So it hasn't happened yet, but it's it's one of those things where it's I'm kind imminent. of... It's imminent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm waiting for it. It will happen some point, I'm oh, sure. I'm sure. I hope it happens in in one of the female teachers' classrooms because I don't know how the the male teacher could handle it in a way that wouldn't right. make it worse. Yeah, meaning like he, I think any male teacher there would be like really uncomfortable. Yeah. Be like, uh, you, oh, 
I don't want to get fired, but Class I can cancel. Do it. I can be your boo. I can be your boo. Just cancel class and leave. So, what are some of the um, things that do you actually have people who will say things to you, Ava, about your generation, like make uh, negative statements about kids these days or kids your age? Oh my god, yes. I'm constantly getting picked on by like family, random people, teachers. Like, we'd look at our phone. I'll look at my phone for like one second. I'll not look at it at all night, and then I'll get a text message, and I'll just be like, oh, who's it from? And they'll be like, you know, you're on your phone too much, or like, you need to, you need to stop being so addicted to your phone, and they've been on their phone like the entire time. Yeah. I've been, uh, I've been made fun of for like, always complaining about everything, you know, everything's so terrible, like, everything's so terrible to my generation, everything like that, I've been, mostly, it's mostly about electronics, it's mostly about that, it's, it's basically, like, you can't go two minutes without your phone, you're, you know, you are completely addicted, your phone is your life, and it's frustrating, because, you know, they always say, like, could you go, like, an hour without your phone, could you go, like, a whole day without Mm -hmm. your phone? I bet you a lot of people my age could say yes, including me. The only problem with me is that my only communication with my boyfriend, who's three hours away, is my phone. So I'd have to cut off communication with him for, like, a whole day, which mm-hmm. would suck. But I think that there's just, even the stereotypes, is like, all we are is addicted to our phone. Yeah, there are mm-hmm. some that some people that could not go that amount of time without their phone. But I definitely could say that a lot of people I know could go that amount of time without their phone and be completely fine. I have, I've got my phone on me all the time. I leave it in my desk when I teach, but I always have my it's phone on me. It's just hypocritical. Well, and I have coworkers that are always, and like, I mean, there are days where I'm worse or better than, you know, other days, but I have coworkers that literally, anytime I look over at them, they're on their phone. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like, because some people, you know, like they've got little kids or they've got family, so, you know, they have their phones all the time because literally at any minute they could get a serious phone call, something mm-hmm. could happen. I have coworkers that I know don't have kids, don't have any like major things outside of work that there's any justification while they are constantly on their yeah. phone. And I'm like, I'll look over like six times in an hour and every time they'll have been on their phone. And yeah. I'm like Steve and I went to breakfast one time at Bob Evans and there was a couple across the the aisle from us, the road, and they they were in a booth. Yeah. And they were in there, I would say late 60s at least, probably their 70s, and they spent most of their time on their phones. To be fair, they were probably trying to figure out how they worked. <laughs> no, they actually they, they actually did know how they worked, so I had to give them credit for that. That is impressive. But they apparently don't understand the concept of silencing your phone because they got more than one phone call while they were sitting at the table and proceeded to have very loud conversations I also love when people do it, they have it on speakerphone, when they're in public, on speakerphone, having conversations, and they're, like, two feet away from yeah, you. Yeah, working at Old Navy, that happens a lot when they're coming up the cashew and coming up to the registers, and they're, like, loudly talking to somebody. Why on are phone, you like on speaker? speaker? And, like, I can hear, isn't that, like, your own private conversation? Yes. Yeah, this doesn't need to be on speaker. There's no such thing as privacy anymore. I don't get yeah. that. But, the, yes, this was an older couple who spent the majority of their time on their phone, took more than one personal phone call at the table that they carried out very loudly. And so I looked to Steve. I'm like, just, you know, the next time you hear old people bitching about young people being on the phone, remember this moment. Yeah, it's widespread across all generations. I don't know why young people get picked on 
for it so much. I don't. Well, here's the thing. That's kind of an asshole trait, and there are assholes in all age groups. Yeah. So. And I mean, I, I there have been times when when my parents, I've seen them like at, at different sporting events or things we've gone to, where they'll spend time on their phone and they'll be like messing around and on it a lot as well. well. The thing, it doesn't have to just be fun. Like I remember when I used to cheerlead, mm-hmm. which ah, amazing, because um, <laughs> everybody's like, really. But my dad used to come to those games, and of course it was for football. So a, my father doesn't care about sports mm-hmm. and probably has never hold, held a sports ball of any kind in his life. <laughs> so he didn't care about the football. But he, I would look up in the stands and he would be reading a book. <laughs> so, you know, you can be distracted by things that aren't technology and still right. be an asshole. Right, <laughs> right. It's just that phones have made it easier yeah. for us to distract ourselves. And before I before I had cell phones where I could access the internet and things like that, I used to take a book with me everywhere I went yeah. because I hated waiting because I am very impatient. Yeah. And so I just had a book. Anytime I knew I was going to have to wait, if I had to go to the DMV, if I had to go to the doctor's office, if I was picking up the kids and I was going to have to wait a few minutes, I had a book with me constantly yeah. and read it. Now I just have my phone and I just read that instead. Right. In my soccer games, you would miss me not scoring goals. That is not true. <laughs> I, I was not on my phone. When okay, well played. then the grandparents were missing it because they, they couldn't get off their phone. No, I I always watched when you were out there. So, not scoring goals. No, and I actually I would usually watch the entire game. I didn't I didn't mind it. I actually found it kind of relaxing to just sit and watch. What stressed me out was having people around me freaking out and having to and deal screaming with loudly yeah my dad is very passionate about sports and there'd be times i'd be like oh my god dad stop well you never needed to like be worried about other girls on the field pushing me around because i just pushed back you i straight up knocked girls over if they were annoying me although i did get really mad at that one time you guys played oakwood and there was that one girl who was like going around pushing people and she did it to one of the girls on your team and then she was like laughing and walked away and oh, yeah and, and the oakwood and, sucks and the refs <laughs> the refs didn't oakwood see it sucks. and the girl and it, what pissed me off was not just that she did it because i understand something you can get you can get rough and especially if you get heated but the shit-eating grin on this girl's face after she did it, especially because she got away with it, and she did it twice. Those refs also suck. I <laughs> got so mad at that. Like, that's the kind of stuff that upset me. Did you it see wasn't me? even my daughter. That I was going after her, too. Every time oh, she'd she, be near me, I would, like, full-blown just sprint right at she her. She was awful. Those are the things where I'm, like, I, like, actively am excited to see a kid get hurt. I'm like, that kid's an asshole. Yeah, if somebody was being annoying and they were around me, I'd straight up just push my whole body weight into them and I was a little bigger but then so I had a little bit more weight on me to push into people. I fully support that. <laughs> of course I play derby so I'm kind of pro yeah. injuring people that are being assholes. But oh. that also kind of counters that idea that like that's the other thing is it, there's a lot of discussion of helicopter parenting that has led to kids who can't do stuff on their own or can't take yeah. care of themselves and the thing is I've seen kids who are fully capable of handling competition, handling stress, and doing all these things. But part of the problem is is that I think we've done younger generations a disservice by, by telling them that stress is bad. Because it is bad if it's chronic. But if you know how to manage it, it's okay because it's just your body preparing for a challenge. So it's normal to feel stressed. But what's happened is now people think all stress is bad. Like anytime they feel nervous or sad... And we talked about this in the very first episode, that they think, oh, God, something's wrong with me. 
And we've kind of fed into that when really, like, it's okay to feel Biology, that way. Biology, you're supposed to do that. Yeah, it's just your I was actually thinking about prepping. that earlier when I was, like, I was going through the notes and stuff for the episode, and I was thinking about it. I was not at all prepared as far as, like, stressful things go. But you didn't really have, I mean, your parents didn't coddle well, you, though, so it wasn't... I don't really feel like they did, like, but just thinking about it, like, there were so many things that I feel like they kind of, like, and even now my mother is very overprotective, which I mean, you know, parents do that, and I'm also an only child. Yeah. But there were a lot of things, like, I don't handle stress well. Like, things that normal people would be like, eh, that's not, I'm like, I, like, I'm just I'm like non-functional for days. But you'll go travel by yourself, and you'll do stuff that and other thing, people and a lot of that really stuff I've by. been able, to, you know, like, some of it I've been able to do, but there are so many things that I'm like, I feel like I just wasn't, so yeah, when they talk about, like, younger generations aren't really prepared, mm-hmm. and, you know, we, you know, encourage them to not take care of themselves or not, right. you know, take care of their own situations. Because we've raised them in, in, like, protective bubbles. Yeah. Again, I think some of that, I mean, that's not a generational thing, that's just a parent, a parenting thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tried to protect you guys, but I also didn't isolate you from situations where you were going to have to work through stuff. Yeah, I mean... Especially now, I know that definitely, like, school curriculums are a lot harder, and they're a lot more difficult and stressful, but we also encourage each other, like, our mm-hmm. peers, we encourage each other to have good mental health, keep yourself, you know, like, do things for yourself, um, but, like, also to, like, push through stress mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, bits of depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, because um, I definitely could argue that life for us... It's getting a little more stressful, I think, as more change happens. Mm -hmm. Because I know definitely my school curriculum is a lot harder than a lot of people's were that are back when they were in high school Mm -hmm. decades ago. And even then, college is getting harder. I mean, paying for things is it's much more expensive, and you're not minimum wage isn't going up and all that kind of stuff. But we also have stress management classes at Fairmont based stress management clubs. We have. We have ways we are, you know, we all encourage each other to like keep, keep yourself healthy, keep yourself happy, keep yourself going no matter what, you know, life throws at you. So we, even if parents aren't necessarily making it easier on us, we help each other. So it sounds like you guys are actually better educated about this stuff because I think yes. one of the things is that now that mental health is something people feel comfortable talking about, that also means that they're com- that they're comfortable seeking help, and it's also made us provide oh, yeah. better programs. And I mean, I still think there's some negative stigmas that go along yeah. with it, and I do think, and I hate to say this, but I do think there are people who use it as an excuse to not right. take yeah. on responsibilities. I don't. They misdiagnose themselves because right. they want to use it as but they, right. self, they yeah self-diagnose. Right. Well, obviously, I did had something like this person I know that has that. I had that one time, so I have that too. Right. No, it's not working. Right, and and because of that, I can't do this thing that that you yeah. want me to do, and that's something that is. That's something that at my school, like, we have to balance. And I know it's not just at the college level, but people have certain plans, like IEPs and things like that, so that they have different... um, It used to be back in the day, I really only saw it for, like, physical disabilities. Like, if people had problems with hearing or eyesight or if they had, like, learning disabilities. As I got further along, 
I see now more mental health or emotional issues. So like people with extreme anxiety or yeah. people with depression and, and things like that dictating most accommodation plans. Most of the people I know who's like they have younger kids that are in IEPs, a vast majority of the people I know, it's for behavioral issues. Yeah. It's not and it's, you know, like kind of they need more time to do this because otherwise they get too frustrated and they fly out the handle. Like a lot of them there might be some learning issues tied into the behavioral thing. But one friend in particular that I can think of, I think the stuff she has for her child is all based on behavioral stuff. And having that IEP has helped him, you know, help that kid immensely. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was, you know. But I also wonder how much of that could be blamed on the way stuff's been changed. Like, I think they've cut back on recess. Like, kids don't have the opportunity to just kind of relax like they used to. They're very highly scheduled. And my kids, young ages, they didn't really do a lot of stuff. And I know people who were like, oh, I've got my daughter in dance and then soccer, blah, blah, blah. And I know there are people who insist that their children be a part of at least one extracurricular activity. And I'm like, why? Like, let them be kids. They have their entire adult life to be be scheduled. Right. Why would I want to enforce that upon them? I want them to have downtime. I want them to be able to relax. If they want to Ava took dance for a few years when she was little because she wanted to. And then when she wanted to stop, she stopped, right? So, like, we never force them into anything. And so when other people who kind of act like that's bad parenting, but they have their kids scheduled every minute of the day, and then the the structure of school is like now you have full-day kindergartens instead of half day. So you've got kids who are five or six years old who are in school for seven, eight hours. They only have a 30-minute recess. They've got 20 minutes for lunch. They don't get – they have to sit at their desks and be quiet all the time. That's what I thought was so strange about Dexter. Like his preschool was all day. His kindergarten is half day. Really? Because Kettering just passed the thing for full day. Oh, okay. Kindergarten. So, like, next year, kindergarten will be full. But, like, I freaked out the other day because he said he never went to recess. And I'm like, this little kid's lying. Yeah. Like, no way. <laughs> and I said them to his mom later, and she was like, well, he's only at school half a day. And I was like, ah, oh, oh, I thought okay. he was just being an asshole. <laughs> and I was like, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm amazed at people who talk about, like, their kids get, like, a half-hour recess for the whole day. Because I'm like, I feel like when I was in elementary school, we got an hour probably throughout the day like I feel like we I think we had, had a, a couple morning breaks. and an afternoon recess I think we did too yeah and I think that like I don't remember having homework in elementary school I remember this I remember like, having very little like later but I'm talking yeah. like maybe like fourth fifth and sixth grade because sixth grade was part of elementary when I was a kid Same. but I didn't I, have my home- general my age was the last like we were the last sixth grade class, and then the next year, sixth grade became went middle, to middle school. school. Okay, yeah. so I didn't have homework when I was I had real quite little. A bit. I remember worksheets, but it was also stuff like I did a lot of it in class because I yeah. usually was further ahead than some of the other kids. The school that Jack went to first before he switched to the Kettering district, he would have like an out. He would come home in first grade and have like an hour's worth of intense homework. That's ridiculous. And he was seven. Yeah. And you guys had some stuff. You had some, but it wasn't usually that bad. Like, it was a word search. Compared to everything, like, compared to the amount you guys had, it was quite a bit. But, like, I never really had anything that was, like, super difficult. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it got, it got more and more as I went up through yeah. the grades and stuff. But And usually, it usually only took you about 30 minutes. You weren't yeah. spending hours on homework. Like I am now. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't even do it now. <laughs> Still got that 4.0. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> and this is the kid who's like in honors classes and stuff like that. But 
that's how I was in high school. And then I got to college and discovered that apparently being able to study is a skill that you need to have for college. Yeah. Unless you're way smarter than I actually was. So, yeah, that was a problem. Yeah. But that's another thing that we get picked on a lot for, like, especially, like, with the whole, like, new stress management stuff and, like, really, like, acknowledging new genders or, like, mm-hmm. just, like, being more accepting of things. We get told that we're just a bunch of, like, pansies. Mm-hmm. That we're not strong and, like, not these, like, strong Americans who could, like, who don't care about anything and just want to, like, drink beer all the time and, like, talk about how, like, anything, like, talk about anything that, you know, all those, like, hardcore Americans should talk about. And, and, and baby over, boomers. You're the overly PC generation. <laughs> but, but, but then you look at baby boomers who, like, were drinking like, much earlier, yeah. because at that time, you could start buying it at 18, and I'm guaranteeing they were drinking it before then, yeah. so le- partying and just wanting to have a good time is normal say, for again, young people. It's a teenager thing. <laughs> it's yeah. normal. Yeah. You do things that are against what you're supposed to do. You do things that your parents would be pissed off yeah. about. Like, that's part of growing up. Well, I mean, I didn't, because I... A ridiculous rule follower. <laughs> My mother would <laughs> go into hysterics anytime I was five minutes yeah. late. Oh, I, so I, I had to behave or else she I would lose her I shit. didn't drink in high school. And again, mm-hmm. my freshman year of college, like within the first two weeks, again, those were things that kind of did me a disservice. Yeah. But none of that stuff's out of the ordinary. No, it's really Like, not. I mean, you should probably be concerned if your 17-year-old's hooked on heroin and smoking well, yeah. cocaine <laughs> all the time. Well, I'm, I'm, That's maybe a little bit past the standard yeah. teenage rebellion. And I don't mean to say that. I think it's okay for teenagers to drink all the time. We've talked about this a little bit when yeah. Karen was here talking about marijuana. Like, when you're at that age, especially because your brain's still developing, I don't think it's a good idea for anybody to be doing any kind of drug (laughs) on a regular regular basis right no 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 because it's especially because you don't necessarily have the the restraint or the maturity to make sure that you're doing it in moderation so that's can lead to you getting in trouble or getting hurt granted that happens when you're an adult too but so that does make me a little nervous because it's like i still want their their brains yeah. to have time to fully mature you are poisoning without going off the rails yeah but and maybe i'm just incredibly naive but i mean xander's only 13 but between you and jack i unless you guys just totally kept me in the dark i don't think either of you are big partiers in terms of drinking she's not gonna say it on the i know she's not going to i when i was visiting towns and i went to a frat party for like 20 minutes it was boring and kind of overrated but that i don't go like get get wasted and go party when I, like, am go vi- going to go visit Townsend. You don't really ever, yeah, like, you also don't go, like, you're you're always here. Out. If I'm going out, I'm going to, like, Target or right. Starbucks or something. Like, I don't go anywhere. To I don't go fair, to parties. I've gone to Target drunk, so. <laughs> Take a couple shots of Fireball and then go to Target. I have actually let Ava have um, Fireball, a taste of Fireball. <laughs> Fireball? She wanted to know what it tasted like, and I've let her have wine a few times. So, what was your opinion on Fireball? Oh, I loved it. She loved it. <laughs> that, that's that's fair. So, but, but you know what? When I was it's really like, good in apple cider. Uh, when oh yeah, when that I was a teenager good. though, my mom let me have wine and dinner yeah. and stuff like that too. So I don't think that you know again. I it's, glasses of wine. Yeah. Yeah. Every once say, in a while. My my dad and my mom were huge in wine, so. We had, like, they had wine at almost every meal, mm-hmm. and it was not like they didn't give me whole glasses. Right. But it was not unusual, even in middle school, for me to have, you know, 
some wine with dinner. Yeah. So I, I just don't, I think that, I don't mean to come off saying like, oh, you should never do that stuff. Obviously, yeah. I, I, I think that it's okay on occasion and, and to experiment a little bit is completely normal yeah, trying, for young people. Yeah, trying, issue with like trying something, just don't feel like hit, hooked on anything. I've never like smoked a cigarette or anything, yeah. which... Smoking's not. not great. I would, I would, that's one thing that I would say, you don't even need to try it, to be honest. Like heroin and meth. There are a couple things that I would say, anyway. never try Don't them. even know where to get No, those. no. Um, cocaine, probably not a great idea there, but definitely those meth. Those are the things, honestly, I would try if I thought I could do it without, Just immediate, once? without immediately being like, I'm into that. Oh. Do that again. I'm like, a, and I know who I am as a person. Right. I'd be like. This oh, is cool. I'm I can do this. so tired all the time that I'm sure if you gave me any stimulant where I didn't feel tired, I would I'll, yeah. I would want to do it all the time. Caffeine. Oh. <laughs> Just drink coffee. But even better. But then, and you get like a sense of euphoria thrown in with that too. Yeah. I could very easily. And the same thing with what I've heard about heroin is that one of the reasons people get hooked to it is because you feel better than you've ever felt yeah. and you just want that feeling yeah. again. But it also never is like that like it is the first time, hence the taking more and more and right. more often. And yeah. It so usually I, doesn't end well. Yeah. So I just don't even want to... Yeah. One of the girls I work with had says when she, like when she turns 90 or 99, she's going to do heroin. Yeah. Or like a line of coke. And I'm like, I feel like that's reasonable. If I live that Why long, not? the least you should be, I should be allowed to do is some yeah. hardcore drugs. Again, when you get old, you can do whatever the fuck yeah. you want. Yeah. <laughs> you play by your own rules. I don't care. Yeah. <sighs> oh, well, I don't know. Do you have any more insights, Ava, about your generation? Any more things that you would like to clear up for us old fogies who like to blame you kids these days for everything that's going wrong Damn in society? Kids. Killing trends. Like sheets and napkins, napkins and diamonds, which aren't actually worth anything anyway. Right. I say just uh, do some research first before you pick on us, because what you're picking on us for, typically, it just makes you a hypocrite. And also, we're the generation that's going to change a lot of stuff, I can tell. I so, actually believe that. Yeah. Watch out, people in power right now. I, I believe that. And, and in fact, like your generation, um, this upcoming one, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with the first time you guys get to, well, you've already gotten to vote once, not, I, in, a presidential, on not in a presidential election, but you did get to vote. Yeah, in like a year and a half, yeah. two years. Well, so, that's like, I still hear people say like, dear God, like people that are my age about this is the generation that's going to run things. And I'm like, I mean, I'm not really you feel that way about you. people in general. <laughs> like whenever it's someone younger, you're kind of like, oh, yeah. dear God, where are they going to? Things like the the Parkland shooting, the kids in Florida. Like yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. a lot of those kids have stepped up and shown. And there's been, like I mean, if that's the kind of thing that like the kind of people that are going to come out yeah. of Ava's generation, mm-hmm. I'm down with that. Yeah, then, that's older, amazing. Older generations have been constantly just berating them and being so terrible to them. About three of them, I think, now have committed suicide. Yeah. So. And a lot of people have gone at them like. For ridiculous things and I'm which like, is so you know, like you're fucking like we kids. should know better it's really yeah. awful like, well, yeah i'm like no grown adult should be picking on a no, child no especially when he's gone through a major tragedy right. and you don't you don't have you can disagree with someone without berating them yeah. but also the things that you've seen all these students doing walkouts in all different countries to protest oh, i wanted to climate i think that but i'm but like the climate thing as well like yeah. uh, I, there's been a, i haven't seen it in the u.s yet i'm not quite sure what that's about 
about. Maybe it's because we are so preoccupied with the gun thing. That, right. that was what that, that walkout was going to be about, I think. I, I remember there was going to be, there was going to be a walkout I thought that last was about, year. That was for the gun. That was for gun, gun control. But I wanted to do it, but yeah. I didn't want a truancy on my attendance. Yeah. <laughs> I remember someone said that they're, someone on Facebook and someone that I'm like distant, you know, like Facebook only friends with basically... Their kid was the only one in their entire school that did it, and they just went outside and stood there. But you know what? Good for that kid. For like fifteen or twenty minutes, and I was like, "What a brave person to do that when no one else did." Thing, and I was like, and I I was like, I hope you encourage the shit out of your kid for that because that took a lot of balls. Yeah, yeah, good on them. Yeah, I know there was a lot of a lot of kids in my school did it, and I remember hearing that that they were gonna, you know mark it as like a truant thing or like and i'm like really oh, yeah they were going to attack they were seriously going to make it like yeah they were going to completely just ruin us for yeah. See, I like just, for a political statement like you're yeah. literally encouraging kids that are about to go out into the world not to be political right and, and not to not the, to be involved yeah that's change, that's not to change the, anything yeah that's half the point of educating them and teaching them is you're gonna go out into the world yeah. make it a better place yeah. but not if it's gonna affect you being in third period science right yeah. I mean, I feel, and, and I, I, in doing this research, when I was looking back, I remember learning about environmental stuff, and I was super excited about it when I was in high school, because they were talking about, like, making black bags out of corn, and, like, different ways we can deal with trash, so we don't have to do with landfills, and, of course, part of the problem was we were so worried about trees at that point that we switched to plastic bags, and it turns out they're even fucking worse, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I was really excited, I'm like, look at this, look at all these people that care about the environment, this is so exciting, because we grew up with, like, the threat of acid rain, and it was really right. fucking scary and then like so it seemed like for a while things were getting better and then it just kind of petered out and so i'm oh, looking yeah. around and i'm like what happened well, i thought we had all this momentum what happened well, and it also makes sense to encourage the younger generation to be passionate about that stuff because let's be honest some of it you get into adulthood and you get into a job and kids and, and you're exhausted you, yeah, whether you want to be passionate about things or not you're tired and or you don't have time yes like this is the thing that makes me money and this is the thing i'm passionate about yeah. and unfortunately i can't make the one into the yeah. other so yeah why wouldn't you encourage younger people to actively give a shit because yeah. they've got the energy to do it exactly. like, they're not tired all the time and if they are they handle it way better yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely think our generation, well, my generation is really helping, or they're trying to do, to make change with that whole environmental, I know. It's hard when very, no one's listening. Right. It is so When the people annoying. in power aren't actually No, they don't anything. care. Well, yeah, because you're kids. Like, who the fuck cares what you think? Like, you don't know anything. You're not adults. But the thing is, that the other thing about this is they're the ones that are also fueling the economy. Like, th- when I was doing all this research research on generations, everything was from marketers. And they were like, ignore this generation at your own peril. These are the people yeah. who you need money from. So people in marketing understand that they are the people vote with their dollars. Right. And that's one of the things they said about your generation is that you guys make decisions on where you buy things based on, like, whether or not you think it's a good company. Oh, yeah. lot. And, and I know that. That, and that's not, and that's something that's many saying, generations yeah, have done. Do but the thing is, like, you guys are gonna, you're the generations that that is going to start driving the economy because you guys are going to, once you get into the workforce and start making your own money, you guys are gonna be putting that money back into the economy and yeah. like. 
what you guys want is important because you're going to be bolstering the entire country. How you spend your money, where you spend it, what you do with yeah. it is what's going to keep us going. And so to yeah. pretend like young people don't matter is ridiculous. Like they're the ones spending money. They're the yeah, ones we're who... We're going to take over everything right. once you're dead and gone. Right. How are we not Dear important? God. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and like one thing is that, yeah, we like... When I try and buy things, I try and make sure they're, like, cruelty-free, you know, if they're vegan, it helps. Um, like, especially makeup, they don't test on animals, yeah, everything's ethical, and especially with clothing, there's a lot of brands that I love buying from, especially, like, Ivoriella, who does, like, natural dyes that don't, like, kill yeah, the because the the fashion industry is a huge yeah. polluter. And then, um, <laughs> and then there's this one place called Sand Cloud. Everything is from recycled materials. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, that's everything. Cool. And then there's a lot of places that are doing that now. They're changing the way that they make their stuff and everything's <laughs> naturally done. Everything's done like so they're not polluting as much and not creating as much waste. And as long as you guys continue to buy it, They'll continue to make continue it. to do it. Right? I remember, like, when I was in high school, hemp was a huge thing. Oh, yeah. Everybody was like, this is going to be, like, the wave of the future. Everything's going to be done. And we're still at a point where it's like, that's not really a thing. Because, it's because they just finally made yeah, it legal. Yeah, <laughs> it's still been an issue this entire yeah. time. Stuff as simple as that makes such a huge difference. Yeah. But again, it's not been lucrative. And if it's not lucrative, nobody gives a yeah. shit. Right. And a lot of places are converting to... No bags at all. I can have a second Charles. No bags. Yeah. Kroger's, I think, I said, I think by 2020, they're going to no longer have plastic bags. Yeah. I, mean, I saw that a while ago. And they're getting rid of the straws yeah. and stuff. There are places who are changing their packaging. I saw on, I think it was Instagram the other day, people, there's one company that has started using leaves to package their, really cool. their food. I've bought stuff from a company called Pact, and they do organic cotton. And what they also do is if you want, they'll send you a box. So if you want to get rid of your old clothes, because a lot of times people just throw them away, and that's yeah. really terrible because it takes forever for them to degrade and landfills. They will send you a box that you can send back to them, and they will either donate them or dispose of them in, in a way that makes them that, – that is much more earth-friendly. So I feel like that's really – Picking up a lot and becoming a lot more popular as well. We're living here. Why are we killing it? Like, wh where are we going to go? I don't know. And I, quite frankly, don't understand the people who refuse to see the, that is makes it very clear. I don't understand Because that. it's not their issue. Right. And, but, like, you know, like, but then, you know, it's a That generation's it's like, dying off, though. Like, yeah. the people who say it's not my problem because I'm not going to be around here long enough to suffer the consequences, yeah. they're going to die. And the people who are going to suffer the consequences are coming into power, and they're not interested yeah. in paying the price for previous decisions. Yeah, and I think that's environmentally and, like, financially, too. But, right. Like, that was one of the things I thought was interesting on there that it talked about, the pros of the millennials, mm -hmm. that they were so good at the side hustle. That's not, like, I mean, it's a good thing, but that's not necessarily good. But they like, should have to do it. the side hustle <laughs> because it's fucking impossible to make ends meet sometimes yeah. on a regular nine-to-five yeah. job. I was talking about this in Urban Studies um, the other day. We were talking about how, we were talking about different minimum wages in, like, state to state, mm -hmm. but also the federal minimum wage. Which is abysmal. Yeah. With how much inflation, prices of things are going up so much, they're not raising the minimum wage. They're not touching the minimum wage. And there were people in there saying that we shouldn't do that. Like, why? Because they believe, because they've been told that companies can't survive if they pay workers more money. But... 
But you're going to completely <laughs> screw over so many people. They're Your company's going to go out of business well, and they, people can't afford to buy anything from exactly. you. And I've seen a lot of stuff point out the fact that when the minimum wage was created, it was created with the purpose that a adult could support their family yeah. on that wage. They could have a house. They yeah. could have food. And now people look at minimum wage like is, you know, oh, well, if they work at McDonald's, they shouldn't make more than 7 or $8 an hour because it's just for teenagers. It's not skilled labor. I'm like, that's not the that's point a, of where that stuff and came not, from. And not everyone can be a doctor. Right. And, not, and the thing is, now we've convinced everyone they have to go to college and they're graduating with tremendous debt and they're not getting paid salaries that help them actually pay off that debt so we're insisting they go to college we're making them pay out the nose for it and then we're not paying them a salary that allows them to pay back the fucking debt and And they don't understand where people are running into financial issues and it's like right and 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 we just want to blame it on them we and i i they don't know how to budget you know what they quit buying starbucks and their (laughs) fancy toe rings and their avocado toasts it's they would be able to afford a mansion at 22. It's a fucking class war. We can do an entire episode on this, but I am convinced it's a fucking class oh, I'm war. A, I'm a little <laughs> class war. I got such dirty looks at my job, which is a human services job, uh-huh. because my old car, the only bumper sticker I had said, no war but class war. And I would get these filthy looks from like the 40 and 50 year old women I worked with in the parking lot who had Trump stickers on their car. Do they think that you're promoting a class war? I hope they do because I am. (laughs) Eat the rich. Right. I'm like, believe me, like when it comes to the people I work with and the people I like give services to, I'm way more on the side of my clients than I am my coworkers. And I'm like, nah. Which I mean, you know, me and my coworkers and our clientele aren't necessarily that far apart because... Because you don't get paid for yeah, like, Because being poor really isn't that, you know, like most people, that's one or two paychecks away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You lose your job. I mean, if I lost my job, I would I would be in real, real pain after have, just maybe two months. I'm going to say, I would have a week worth of uh, expenses covered. Yeah. And, yeah, it would not be. Yeah, and I'm a frugal person, and I save a lot of money, but and that's I'm not frugal. well, not a lot, but <laughs> I don't have you know obscene, unusual bills. Yeah, I don't feel. yeah, I have ridiculously cheap rent, so like I'm not living high on the hog. Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> you're I'm not buying not, avocado toast. No, <laughs> toe rings. Hey, I have toe rings, but they're super inexpensive. It's okay. were they though? <laughs> they were. How many more houses would you own if you had? Just Five or six, I'm sure. I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> but instead, I want all this fancy toe jewelry. <laughs> I don't really know. Well, it is sterling, so, so, you know. The highest quality. Oh, uh, well, we've been called to the dinner table, and Ava has to work tonight because she has to make money, although it is your last night. Yeah, there. I don't yeah. <laughs> she has to, I quit. She has to uh, uh, fuel her, her buying desires. Um I've cut back. I know. I know. So thank you, Ava, for talking to us. And um, remember, it's not a competition. Because we're all fucked up. Goodbye. We are not scientists, medical professionals, or mental health experts. We are simply two people interested in discussing a topic that affects everyone, either directly or indirectly. We are not expressing expert opinions, and anything we say should not replace medical advice or treatment. If you're struggling with depression or anxiety, especially if you are thinking of harming yourself or someone else, please seek the help of a mental health or medical professional. 
The number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. You can also chat with them online. Take care. My Asshole Brain was written and hosted by Amanda Green and Stephanie Coons. Artwork by Doug Tolls, produced by Stephen Beasley, and presented by Greasley Enterprises. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.